Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. We believe that through the power of love that nothing is impossible as long as you have love on your side. I am T.G. Jackson, and with me, kind of in the microwave, but that so far he's actually been pretty good, is my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. What is going on, Taj? What's going nothing on? Nothing much, man. Of course, we are live. If you're watching this, we are live on Facebook and YouTube at the moment. You can also be catching us on podcast via podcast yes the shows every single show we've done and will continue to do will be found or can be found on any of the podcast platforms from spotify to google to apple podcast so again if you're busy and you can't sit in front of a computer screen to get your show dosage i just want to remind you guys that there is a podcast option as well as yeah. for the disclaimer, we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we have learned from it. And we like to share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through, saying that if you need help, professional help, we urge you to seek it and find it. Please, please do not just rely on us. So, Taj Jackson, there is our standard intro. Now, for the deviations, I'd love to know how your week went. Um, it seemed like my week was uh, doctor appointments and um, meetings. <laughs> um, all good. All good stuff. Just that's, you know, that's my life now. So, it's like I'm not taking the kids to a doctor appointment that I'm in a meeting. Are you muted or me? I just got muted for some reason. I don't know. You can hear me now, right? I don't have the power to mute you, so it's yeah. not. <laughs> we don't give Taj those kind of tools. <laughs> I was um, say, it ain't me. I don't have the power. But uh, no, it just showed up on my screen as me being muted, so I just unmuted. But I would say, Taj, that's that's fatherhood. That's parenthood. You are just yeah. in the in the middle of it, in the in the threshold of it, and that's par for course. You know, doing a doctor's appointment, school functions. And so buckle up and, and enjoy the ride. Uh, it's a beautiful yeah, I mean, ride. I, I am enjoying it. It's good. It, it's great. You know, the, good. the meetings went well too. So fingers crossed for everything. Good. As for me, Taj, um, I am in New York. Uh, I got to bring the family who obviously Franny's been here several times. Royal's been here several times, but the younger yeah. three have never oh, been to New York. Never been so, to New York. No, so uh, Rio, Didi, and Jojo are very excited to be here, and we're doing wow. some cool, you know, family, traditional touristy stuff here in New York in the Big Apple. So, nice. it's it's been a a cool experience, and um, just see, you know, the excitement of seeing a whole different vibe on the kids' faces has been really nice. cool. That sounds so, very like a lot of fun. It it is. It's it's been really really good. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, Taj. Do we have anything else to announce before we get going with our guests? Hmm. I will say oh. this for anyone out there who's enjoying the show or the podcast, however you're listening. We'd love it at the foundation um, to invite you guys to donate 
to our organization, there is a link in the description box. Yes. Um, it helps us provide music therapy classes to grieving children and do a variety of other things. So that Lots is one thing. Like that. Yep. Yes, it gives us a lot of opportunities to help people. So if you can donate here or on Facebook or on our website, www.ddjf.org, I should highlight that. I don't highlight this as much as I need to, but I actually don't have a banner. So let me just create one real quick so there's no confusion where this is going. Boom www.ddjf.org. It's a good place to obviously donate, but it's also a good place to learn more about our foundation and what we do. So we've done shows every single week and do shows to, you know, on different topics, but we don't talk enough, in my opinion, about the foundation. So there you go. There's a little shout out to the foundation. Um, Taj Jackson, I think we are ready to, to have our wonderful guests join us. Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's do it. So on today's episode of the Power of Love show, everyone, we are welcoming special guest Nyla Francis. Nyla Francis is a writer, grief coach, a death midwife, and ordained interfaith minister. She holds space and offers rituals for people at many of life's sacred thresholds, including birth, marriage, death, and other transitional passages. Her work is often informed by her love of poetry the gifts of healing rooted in nature and community, and her commitment to expanding our grief literacy and death awareness. Now, I love that. Um, that is something that we love here at DDJF because it seems like our society doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a taboo thing or we're just not used to talking about death and, and the different transitions in life or different stages in life. So um, I love hearing this about Nyla. Uh, she's a founding member of Salt Trails, which is a Philadelphia collective making grief public and visible through community rituals. For many years, Nyla worked as a journalist, interviewing prominent artists from all backgrounds. She found her way to the vacations of companion, companioning others through grief and dying after suffering several personal losses in her own life, including the con consecutive deaths of a beloved father figure and her father. She considers herself an ardent joy enthusiast and brings a compassionate presence and open heart to all that she does. You can find out more about her at www.theshallowedwilderness.com or at This Shallowed Wilderness and at Salt Trails Philly on Instagram and Facebook. We will be showcasing those, those links and those locations on screen as the show goes on. So if you're listening to this via podcast, try to check out the Facebook or YouTube version so you can get more, uh, so you can see spellings and things. Of course, there will be the links in the description box as well. Anyways, with all that said, it's time to introduce and bring in the one and only Nyla Francis. So without much further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the center stage, the one and only Nyla Francis. Nyla, how are you? Hello, I am well. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You are more than welcome. I love your smile. I love your energy. We spoke for a quick minute right before we went on, and and that's the one thing that caught me is you, your your smile is there, and you just you just radiate great positive energy. Aww, so that's thank beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you. Now, Nyla, you hold many impressive titles, including writer, grief coach, death midwife, and ordained interfaith minister. 
What initially drove you to focus parts of your work in this grief space? So it was definitely going through a period of several losses in my life. Um, losing my mom had a partner for 18 years who was like a father figure to my brother and me. And he died very suddenly of pancreatic cancer um, in 2011. You know, the week we found out he had cancer was also the week he died. So that was really, really incredibly mm. hard on all of us. And then the year after that, my dad, who had been going through several different health crises, died of esophageal cancer. Um, and then the year after that, I ended a long-term relationship. And then the year after that, I left my career. And I add those two things in only to sort of normalize that grief is a natural response to any kind of change and loss. And it's not just the death of someone that we love. So I really went through like consecutive years of sort of reeling from grief and feeling my grief and doing whatever I could to help move through it in healthy ways and eventually coming to really want to hold that space for other people to validate their grief, to let them know that they don't have to be alone when they're grieving and to, you know, be a witness for their mm -hmm. own pain and suffering. Have you found that what you're doing, the help you're giving to others, has that helped you in your grieving journey? Yes. Yeah, I feel like I get so much out of being with others. And I actually have a lot of people who've lost dads come to work with me as well. And so through their stories, sometimes I get own, like different insights about my relationship with my dad or like shifts in perspective about things I may not have been willing to see. And I'm also able to share like more personally about my journey with them. So it, yeah, it definitely has. And it also deepens my compassion and my tenderness, which I think grief invites us all to do. Mm. How can people work with you? So I offer virtual sessions. Um, I offer phone sessions. If you're in Philadelphia, which is where I am, we can meet in person. I also, and so they're coaching sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions where, you know, we talk about your grief. We talk, I meet people where they are on their journey. So wherever you are is where I'm going to meet you. But I also love doing grief walks where I will, I live near this amazing park in Philly and I just love because nature is so healing. Mm. Just if you have an hour and you need to talk about your grief, you want to talk about your loved one who's died, whatever it is. I think there's something so soothing about being able to do that in nature and sort of have the elements accompany us on that walk. Um, I also have these, I call them grief dates. If you want to meet for coffee, like these are not as like serious and intense of like, now we're really mm -hmm. going to dig deep and do the work. But if you just want a space for somebody to listen to you, I'm happy to do that as well. Very, Nyla, what do you think it is about nature that is so healing? Because I've noticed and learned that over the years that it seems like nature, I don't know if it's the simplicity or the, the aspect of it just being present for what feels at least eternity or whatever. Yeah. Something about it is so healing. What do you think it is about nature? Well, I think we are of the earth. Like we are made of nature 
And so reconnecting with that, there's something really grounding about that and really primal about that, but it's also like water. We're made of water. So anytime we can get next to the water, that can be soothing too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if we aren't able to cry our tears, sometimes sitting by the water might activate that for us. I just think there's something really nurturing about being in the presence of nature. And the other thing that for me, nature is really good at is I can be in a moment of deep grief, but then I step into nature and there's so much to marvel at. Like if I really bring all of my senses to where I am, like, oh my gosh, look at that flower, listen to that bird. Wow, look at how the water is flowing over the rocks, whatever it is, it sometimes softens my Mm. grief. It's hard to be in like deep grief and delight and wonder at the same time. So being out in nature kind of smooths the edges of my grief. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Angie says nature soothes the soul and dope planet watcher says nature brings healing. Completely agree. Go ahead, Taj. Yeah. I I had a question in terms of like, because I know the importance of, of, of this and and this, but what would you tell someone that was kind of, they just experienced grief and they're kind of skeptical or, or combatant in a way, like, I know what you do is so important. How would you tell that person or how would you, if there was a family member that was trying to convince someone that this is what they would need, how, how would you approach that in that way? I, one of the things I often invite people to do is to just get curious about their grief. I think there's a lot of fear because we live in such a grief phobic society, or many of us, you know, grew up in families where we don't talk about grief, our experiences of grief aren't validated. And so there's just, there's a lot of shame and stigma around grief. And so I often invite people to approach their grief from a place of kindness and curiosity. And like, what would that look like if you could take that approach instead of being combative, instead of being afraid, instead of all these other ways that society has taught us to grieve? Like maybe there's something here for you that your grief actually wants to teach you or to bring forth or, you know, something that wants to be revealed and you can only access that by walking this grief journey. Uh, Nyla, we've had a death doula on the show in the past. Is that similar to your work as a death midwife? Yes. Okay, yeah. I've I've heard of a midwife, but a birth midwife. I've never heard of a death midwife, and I'd love to know more about what a death midwife is. Yeah, so the terms are all kind of overlapping and similar. Death midwife, death doula, end-of-life doula, end-of-life planner. And I think we all work across a similar spectrum of offering like spiritual and emotional and practical guidance for people who are facing the end of life or dying. And, you know, that can range from sitting vigil with somebody who's dying or helping them get their paperwork together so that, Mm. and this doesn't have to be like, they don't have to be in the active stages of dying. Like somebody can be in their twenties and decide like, Hey, I want everything together for my family. So if anything happens to me, they know what needs to happen. If I'm sick and I can't communicate my wishes, they have like my power of attorney who can speak up for me, for my health, for my finances. They know what I want my funeral to look like. They, like it doesn't have to be crisis mode before mm. you 
reach out to a deaf midwife or death doula. So that's some of what we can do is like helping people make death plans and end of life plans. Some of us focus on home funerals. So you don't necessarily have to have a traditional funeral home funeral or church memorial service. You can actually die in your home and have your loved ones take care of your body and create rituals to honor you. And some are just really busy raising death awareness, you know, letting people, mm. en engaging people in conversations around death and trying to make us less of a death averse society. Um, and so my focus, some of us also focus on grief. So my focus has been a lot on grief, but also on helping people come up with a death plan and doing some education around what constitutes, there's a lot of talk about a good death among deaf midwives. Like we wanna help people die with dignity and have a peaceful death. But as we know, not everyone in this society dies a good death. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a, I, I like how you phrased that, um, dying a good death. And, and obviously death is a difficult thing for for us, um, it's always hard to say goodbye. Um, but I, I always say this to, to at least most of the guests. I so appreciate what everyone does to contribute because you're 100% right. There's some type of taboo aspect or phobia uh, when it comes to death and grieving. And I think with everyone's contributions, we're slowly making a difference to hopefully change that narrative. Um, and I think it's so, so important because it's such a important thing to discuss. We're all going to have to experience it and, and go through it. And, and our families are going to have to go through difficult times of mourning and life without us. Um, what would you say is the most important advice you can give someone um, if they're approaching the end of life? Gosh, I know. I, I just, I know. I know <laughs> and if you need to come back no, to it, I didn't give you any great, setup. I just went right into such totally a challenge. <laughs> I apologize. It's a great question because it's just that part of me wants to say, have all your paperwork in order. Like that mm -hmm. is the most compassionate, caring thing that you can do for your family members. Because what happens so often is, you know, you're in the hospital in the midst of a health crisis Maybe you can't speak for yourself or so much is happening. Doctors are coming in, telling everybody what to do. And your family is overwhelmed, wanting to honor your wishes and make the right decision. But they have no idea what that is. Or maybe they're like fractured and arguing with each other and bickering. And there's just so much tension and stress that's unnecessary. And then after you die, I mean, I went through this with my dad. My dad had nothing together. Um, and it took us years to resolve some of his affairs. But even in the immediate aftermath of his death, I mean, people were arguing about who would deliver his eulogy and what color shirt he should be put in for the mm -hmm. funeral. So it's like even these little tiny details that we don't think about can matter. So I think having all your paperwork together really frees up the space for your family right. to do the work of grieving really lets them be present to that instead of having to manage and worry and fret about all those other things. So Nyla, I, I sent you, uh, I just gave you a very difficult question, but I truly feel you aced that question <laughs> and, and gave the perfect answer because I really do think it's something that we always take for granted. We, we don't, yeah. we don't think about 
and it's so true and it, and it could be such a i think the process of grieving could be so much easier if we didn't have to spend time worrying about you know details and 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 like you said different a variety of affairs that were left with us not yeah. knowing how to proceed and having to learn as miss silent siren says my parents both left me holding the bag mm -hmm. um and um she laughs about it, but I bet you during the time it, it was difficult and challenging. And, um, you know, like Tiffany, there's a lot of us who go through that where I think with some just a simple, whether it's conversations or instructions on how our parents or our loved ones will want us to proceed, it would help a lot. Um, with that With that in mind, is there a book out there? Do you have, you need to write a book, Miss Nyla, where it gives simple instructions, like a, like a workbook that we could fill out and say, here you go. This is what needs to happen or this is what I want. You are not the first person to say that. Uh, I right. personally do not have a book. There are a lot of books. Okay. So we're, we're not going <laughs> to, no, well, I guess if you know any off the top of the head, maybe it would be cool to mention, but, but what I would love for you to do is for you to do one. And okay. that way we can maybe in a year's time have you back to announce it. But I, I don't know. I just think I'll that's so that. important to, 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 like you said, not let people stress about the, the, yeah. the affairs. Yeah. So great answer. A, a great resource that I often mention is called the conversation project, because it's not just about here's the paperwork that you should have, but how do you actually broach those difficult conversations Ooh. with your family? How do you sit down with your family and say, Hey, we need to talk about what happens in the event of my death. So highly recommend checking them out. Great. And and what is that one more time? The Conversation Project. The Conversation Project. Okay. Now you yourself are a writer. Yes. Um, so where, where exactly do you draw your inspiration for your work? And where can we read your work? So many places. Um, so I... I'm a poet, so I read a lot, a lot of poetry. Some of my favorite poets are Ross Gay and Ada Limon and Denez Smith and Amy Nizuku Matata. I mean, I could go on listing poets. I read a lot of poetry. I get inspiration definitely from being in nature. Um, a lot of my inspiration comes from being present to really small moments. I like to pay attention I mean, I don't know if it's really deliberate. I just seem to always do that. Pay attention to the moments that maybe people might miss. Like I could be on a walk and there's a little girl twirling outside in the yard in her dress and just her happiness is something that might inspire a poem in me or like the dog coming forward to approach me. Um, I'm sure you're aware we had a mass shooting in Philly over mm. the weekend. That was something I turned to writing to help process. I so yeah, my inspiration is very varied. Um, and I share a lot of my writing on my social media at my This Hallowed Wilderness account. I also have a personal account where I share a lot of my poems that's Disarming Darling um, on my blog, on my website, This Hallowed Wilderness. And yeah, that's those are my, the primary places where you can find it. This Hallowed Wilderness, that's T-H-I-S-H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D-W-I-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S.com. -S -S that is for those who may be listening to the podcast. 
If you're watching, you can see uh, the website is on the screen, but also Instagram, this hollowed wilderness and salt trails Philly, as well as on Facebook. The same two usernames, this hollowed, hallowed wilderness and salt trails Philly is how you can find Nyla stuff. Um, so we just mentioned your Instagram handle is this hallowed wilderness. What does that mean? What does the name mean to you? So I often say that grief or like walking a grief journey feels like being in the wilderness. It is just wild. It's unpredictable. You go through these dark passages. There's fear. There's mystery. There's so much that's kind of unruly. So it's this wild, unknown territory. So that's the wilderness part. But I also think grief is such a profound invitation to live our lives closer to what matters to us to maybe discover really for the first time like what really really matters to me in living my life now that i've been pressed so intimately to this thing called grief um that walking that journey can be very sacred which is hallowed is another word for sacred and you know if the love that we feel for our person who died is such a sacred part of us. Like why shouldn't our grief be a sacred part of us too? So I just think there's something incredibly sacred about being willing to really embrace the journey and whatever gifts or learnings or wisdom it wants to bring forth. And then how can you approach it again? Like I said, with that curiosity, but also with reverence, what if we brought like a deep reverence to my, my God, I'm this horrible thing happened and now I have to grieve mm -hmm. instead of like the fear and all the other things. What if we could really sort of bow down to our grief and be like, okay, I'm here to learn whatever it is I need to get out of this. Great answer. So uh, as we see on screen, this hallowed, at this, this hallowed wilderness, that's the Instagram handle, but there's a second Instagram handle um, at Salt Trails Philly. You are a founding member of Salt Trails in Philadelphia. So yes. can you tell us what this is and what you do? Yes. So Salt Trails Philly was born out of an idea that I had last year to have a grief processional. Some people have been calling it a grief parade in the city because, you know, after two years of being in the pandemic and all this collective grief we were experiencing and so many of us grieving in isolation, I just wanted to bring grief out of the shadows and let people know you're not alone and you don't have to grieve alone. So the idea was to actually have a processional where we would wear our grief, whatever that looks like to us and parade around several city blocks. And then to, we ended in a community park where we had a community grief ritual. And so the idea for this one event then evolved into this collective where we are bringing grief rituals to the community because we're really not meant to grieve alone. In so many indigenous cultures, grief is a shared and collective experience. So the idea mm -hmm. is to make grief visible, make it public, let people come together and really witness and hold each other in our sorrow and our suffering. And Nyla, I don't know if this is a, a an answer people just know, and I'm just going in the dark. What what happened? How did we become such an isolating 
process to our grieving what why because you're i didn't think about that so many mm. other indigenous cultures are more gathering and and yeah what did we do wrong why do you think we veered to this isolating mindset that we are trying to to you know yeah. break out of i mean i would venture to say that part of that is probably rooted in our individualism as a society in mm. general we're such a like me 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 it's all about me what do i want what do i feel what do i need I mean, we live in communities where we don't know our neighbors or reach out to our neighbors. There's so much that's very individualistic about the way we live that I bet that contributes to it. And I also think we're so uncomfortable with grief. We don't make space for other people's grief. So why would we think it's okay to just share and to honestly share? I mean, I had a dear friend call me today and leave me a message just to say, today's a really hard day. I'm curled on my bed in the fetal position. I don't want to do anything. And like, I was so grateful for that message because I'm like, if we could all be that honest and real with our grief, that would be so healing for all of mm. us. Yeah. Mm. Do you think we're trending the right way? I hope so. I really, I feel like there's been a lot more grief spaces lately and people talking and writing about grief. So I really, really hope so. I, I honestly think it's like some of the greatest work of our times is to grieve well, to become better grievers. Yeah. 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 Um, Tori says society has created such a stigma around grief. Yes. And yeah. Angie adds selfishness is one of the problems in our world. Yeah. Yeah, how many of us have been told to rush through our grief? What? It's six months. You're not over it yet? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So true. So, um, Nyla, you you consider yourself an ardent joy enthusiast. Uh, what does this mean to you, and how do you find joy on days that may particularly be heavy or challenging? I am very determined and devoted to pursuing my joy. It is a vital part of who I am. It's a vital part of how I want to live and show up in the world. So yeah, I just, and I also think why that's so important for me is because people think if you're grieving, you can't have joy, but joy is also a part of the grief experience. And the more that we lean into our grief, the more that we make deepen our capacity for joy. So like really being intentional about finding my joy makes it easier for me to do this work gives me more capacity to do this work, to hold space for people, to hold my own grief. And nature is one of the big ways that I do that. I love to dance. Dancing, coming into my body is a great way to find joy and access my joy. And just being around the people I love and laughing and having a good time. And I am just here for soaking up all the joy that I can wherever I can find it because life is hard enough. <laughs> Yeah, I love that yeah. answer. And, and as I've said um, before the show and during the show, your your smile is contagious, and your your energy and joy aspect is is really uh, sh cuts through and shows through. So please continue to do that. I, I have a question: Were you always like that, even when you experienced grief, or was it a process in terms of that? Did you rediscover joy? Like, hey, I'm I've always been a joyful person, or what? What yeah. was the process? just for I, 
I have always been a joyful person. I don't think I was as mindful or intentional about it, but even from when I was little, it's kind of been my nature. I have an aunt who was always like, joy is your middle name. You've just been like that as long as yeah. I've known you. Um, when my dad died, so Lou, my mom's partner died, and that was really, really hard. Definitely when my dad died, I remember days of waking up and looking in the mirror and just being like, who is this sad person? Mm. It was so challenging to, even as deliberate as I was about like, okay, I gotta, I gotta really sit with my grief here, but it was so hard to like walk around and feel the heaviness in my body and see my face. And like, it was really, really challenging. But I think the deeper I went into my grief, the more space I created for that joy to return. Wow. Yeah. That's some, that's some powerful stuff. Thank yeah. you for that answer. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Constantine that I'd like to read out. Um, and Constantine wants to know, what do you do when your friend is dealing with grief, but they are asking for their time to grieve? Sometimes it takes a long time and maybe it seems that you don't care if you don't reach out. So what advice would you give to someone who thinks that they or says that they want some time alone while they're grieving. Is that something we should 100% always respect? Or is it one of those things? What would be your response to Constantine? I think honor that as much as you can. And also know that sometimes people want time alone because they are uncomfortable, because they are afraid people will keep telling them the wrong things because they don't want to feel shamed. They don't want people to say terrible things like they're in a better place now or whatever, all those platitudes that people offer. So there's some aspect of, yes, it's really hard. I can't be around people right now. And so I would just encourage though, like you can check in and say, hey, it's been a while just thinking about you today, but also honor that grievers don't have to respond. If they're not in a place where they can acknowledge your message, it's just letting them know I'm here to keep reaching out with love and care, just to let them know that, hey, I'm still here whenever you need me, but don't necessarily expect that they're going to reach back out until they're ready. Great. Great answer. Thank you, Nyla. You're welcome. Um, Taj, was there any other questions you have before we start to wrap up the show with Nyla and give her her time to share what she wants to with our community? No, I mean, this has been obviously incredible. I, I love people that are joy, joyful and find joy in things in that way. It's much needed mm. in that, yeah. especially. Yeah. Um, that's why I kept asking you about because grief is such a difficult topic for a lot of people in that way yes. and people think yeah. they a lot of people feel guilty having joy when there's grief in that and i know that yeah. you know felt guilty to laugh or smile or whatever and i've never felt that but i know a lot of people that have so i just mm -hmm. that's why i kept asking you questions like that is more for the yeah. audience yeah but it's important for them to know too that yeah you, you know it's, it's okay to smile it's okay to be happy Still. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve pleasure and delight and all the things. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Nyla, Cause I, I'm looking at your PR picture that the world can't see. And it's such a beautiful picture of you <laughs> smiling, uh, looking as happy can be. And then it just says, you know, 
grief coach, death midwife. And, you know, it's, those are terms that you wouldn't associate with the image. And and I think um, what you're doing is much needed. And and I think you're wonderful for it because you live by it and and you could see it. So, so continue doing your thing. Um, Okay. So I've mentioned it, Nyla, before the show, we like to give our guests minute, two minutes to talk about whatever you want. It could be your favorite show currently on Netflix. It could be your favorite cooking recipe, your favorite song to to work out to, what to, whatever you want to talk about. What would you want to leave our community with? So those are all very fun and lighthearted topics, which I love, but it's really just sort of top of mind for me because there is so much that's going on right now that's hard in our country and our communities and all of the gun violence and I just want to say to people, it's okay to let your heart break. Let your heart break. Let yourself have grief. Let yourself feel the deep tenderness of all the ways that these things are touching you because that's how we bring more compassion and caring to the world and to each other. And I think the heartbreak is where the transformation happens so that we can really begin making the changes or keep moving forward towards the changes we want to see. I know it's so easy to numb out now and not want to think about or face anything, but the heartbreak is what we need to pour more love into the world. It's great. Love it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Nyla Francis, uh, you go to on Instagram at this hallowed wilderness or the other handle um, is at salt trails Philly. You can also go to the website, www.thishallowedwilderness.com. Nyla, are these the best ways for people to reach out to you? Yes. Yes. You can okay. also email me at Nyla at thishallowedwilderness.com, but those are great. Yeah. Okay. Nyla at thishallowedwilderness.com yeah. is the email address. Okay. Um, Nyla, there's a couple of things I want to just go through real quick. Sure. Um, we have a super chat from Bami who says, Miss Nyla, you're beautiful and have one of the sweetest voices I've ever heard. You should consider audiobooks. Yes. That's uh, my yeah. <laughs> Nyla, I mean, I know you're a busy, uh, you're a busy one, but I will say this. I think books, more books and audiobooks should definitely be part of your future because there's okay. you, you would be great for it. You really Thank are. You. you have such an approachable, joyful and and real vibe about you that I think a lot of people could connect with. So um, definitely would it would would jump on that bandwagon. Um, Angie says you have to make room for happiness sometimes. Yours truly, April says Nyla, I love your smile. Um Grief and Grit says Nyla's Instagram page is like a gentle hug. That's that's a cool line. Um, beautiful. And there's a couple other chats I want to say. Adrienne says, thank you for spending time with us, Nyla. Kristenel uh, says, thank you so much, Nyla. You have a beautiful spirit. Amanda says, thank you. Pamela, thank you. And Alejandra says, thanks a lot, Nyla. So before we go, there's a couple other things we want to just highlight. Nicole says, my dad died 13 years today. Uh, We are sending love, condolences, and just a big hug to you, Nicole. Um, Anything you would add, Nyla? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but um, to Nicole, who's going through her father passing 13 years on this day. Yeah, I would just say, how can you be with your dad today? 
you know, what can you do that will help you feel closer to him, whether it's playing his songs, eating the foods he liked, whatever that is. I often go for walks and say, hey, dad, you want to come on a walk with me? I take my dad, I take my dad with me on a walk, like whatever feels good to you to do to bring your dad closer to you today. I love it. Um, and then two things that I picked up on from this talk is the importance of writing and and in the journey for healing. Carrie says, I'm a poet too. Mm. Writing is healing. And Dope Planet Watcher says, yes, I have a journal. I write in it. It's like therapy. It's my notebook therapy. And then one thing we Nyla also taught us was the importance of planning and uh, to having some of those complicated discussions prior to a grief or a loss um, to make the grieving process a little bit smoother. Um, and Pamela says, yes, I have a living will. It's very important. Um, Clarice says, my mom has a detailed account of her last wishes. Um, all important things. People make birth plans, death plans need to be made exactly. also. So um, love all that. And I think those are, for me, those were the main two uh, takeaways. Um, Taj, is there anything else you want to add or ask Nyla before we let her go? No, I just, I just love these episodes because I learned so much, you know, just when I thought I knew a lot, you know. I know. There's an... So thank it's you true. for coming on. Oh, it's thank true. you for having me. Um, Nyla, we appreciate it. Um, again, everyone, this hallowed wilderness. Let me show the banner for one more time. Go check uh, Nyla out. She's a mid, I was said mid, a death midwife, a grief coach, an ordained interfaith minister, and a writer. Um, the one and only Nyla, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you for, Thank you. for being with us. Thank you for also doing what you do because the world needs it and it's greatly appreciated. Thank um, you so very much. My you, honor. You are welcome. Everyone else, we will be back next Wednesday at one o'clock. Again, if you're watching us on Facebook and YouTube, we want to remind you that you could be listening to us. So if you can't catch us live, it's no problem at all. Make sure to check out our podcast, uh, The Power of Love Show, the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. With that said, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Adios, everyone, and much love to you always. Please be safe. Adios, everyone. <laughs>